It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is the radio call-in show where you can call with your questions about the Bible, your questions about Jesus, your questions about God, um, your questions about religions or cults or life. Um, You can also call us with prayer requests that you may have. If you need prayer for something going on in your life or for your family, I would love to pray for you this afternoon. Um, Once again, this is Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. And you can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text us at 720-336-0897. And we are broadcasting live here from Colorado, up and down the Front Range, um, all up and down the Front Range from Pueblo up through um, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and um, also broadcasting on the East Coast as well in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Maryland. So we'd love to have you call us today. You can call 303-690-3000 or you can text 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Would love to answer any questions you may have today about the Bible or anything else going on. And uh, you know, um, my name is Nate Morris. I'm the pastor at Calvary Belmar in Lakewood, Colorado. But just uh, to kind of give you a little bit of info about what's going on in my life and in my world, um, God has called my family and I to take a step of faith um, in moving and leaving our home leaving our church and moving up to the Vail area um, to, to take over the senior pastor role at Calvary Chapel, Vail Valley uh, up there. And so it, it's, a, it's a really big, big transition for us. It's a big transition for our church. It's a big transition for Calvary Vail as well. And the Lord's really called us to step out. It's like, like when he, Jesus called to Peter and Jesus is walking on the water and he said, uh, you know, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, it's me come and Peter stepped out on that water that's kind of where we're at right now and uh, trusting God to be who he says he is and do what he says he will do and uh, really looking forward to this new work that the Lord has but also uh, really kind of a sadness in our heart as we ponder the idea of leaving um, the church that we've poured our heart and soul into for seven years and um, you know if it was anything other than the call of the Lord there's no way we'd be going but um, we are blessed to be called by the Lord and blessed to be able to step out in faith. And, you know, at, at church yesterday, as we shared the news of the fact that we're going to be moving, um, I, I shared from Hebrews chapter 11, and in verse 1 it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we talked about, you know, how is faith the substance of things hoped for, and how is it itself? How is it evidence of those things that we don't see? How is my faith evidence of God? That's what he's saying. And the reality is our faith is evidence of those things that you can't see. It's evidence of God when we give our faith legs, meaning when we take action. And so uh, in our life specifically, God has called us to take action 
and to follow him in this calling that he's given us to move up to the Vale Valley and to, to step into a new season of ministry. Also for our church now, God has called our church at Calvary Belmar to take action as they uh, take a step of faith in following the Lord's lead as he establishes a new senior pastor at Calvary Belmar who's going to be uh, Pastor Scott Morrison. He's been one of our uh, associate pastors for several years and uh, he's really going to be a blessing to our church and so uh, I think it's going to be a really good season, but just wanted to give you a little update about what's going on in our life, what's going on in our world, and uh, definitely want to get to some calls and questions again today. Once again, you can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And it looks like we have uh, Danny from Aurora on the line. Danny, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Pastor. Uh, How are you doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, today's my birthday. and uh, uh, Happy birthday. To, thank you. I'm excited to go home and have some cake tonight. So. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so I, I had a question. Uh, well, it's really two questions, but it, it has to do with, um, and I know this is going to be, you know, I know the scriptures say a lot uh, about dealing with people um, and our interactions uh, with believers and unbelievers. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I guess for, you know, ever since I became a Christian, I've had a hard time uh, understanding how to interact with unbelievers. Okay. Um, and so, uh, just understand, you know, really, so, so you have the unbeliever side, and then also something that uh, I'm trying to understand is how to, you know, uh, work, you know, uh, Deal gracefully, you know, uh, with disagreements with believers okay. uh, and, and the scriptures and, and things like that. Um, but really, my main thing, I guess, the heart of this, the, the thing that I'm looking, you know, to, to pursue is, is what the Lord said to Abraham that through you, all nations, you know, the nations will be blessed. And so being able to be a blessing to other people. Um, and how I can do that regardless of, you know, and, and also what Paul was talking about, being able to become all things to all people that I may win some. I, I still can't comprehend what, how and what that means. And, you know, I know he gives a brief, like, you know, being, you know, to the weak, I became weak. And I'm a, in, what, in what way, you know, you became simple somehow? No, I know that's not true, but like, what? You know, what does he mean by weak? What does he mean by, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. that's kind of my struggle. What... So so it sounds like you have kind of two aspects of your question. One is is how we as Christians interact with non-believers. And then the other one is how we um, handle disagreements with other believers. Is that correct? Right. Yes, sir. Okay. So let's start with um, the way that we interact with those who are outside the church um, first. That's a, that's a great place to start. And I, I mean, I guess maybe some context might help um, in terms of what type of interactions we're talking about. Are, so you're talking about people that you work with or people that you are family with? And, and what kind of interactions are you talking about here with those people? That's a good question. <laughs> I would really say whether it's you know, family or not, uh, really, I guess you could address both because I'm still, you know, like I have family who, you know, they're Christians and they have nothing to do with my family who are unbelievers because they go to church and they say that they love the Lord, but yet they don't follow the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but yet they go to church, you know, and then you got 
you know, my job, you know, people go to the bar, people hang out, they go, you know, uh, you know, but, but they're doing things that I'm not going to, I, I will not engage in. Yeah. So, you know, like going to the so bar, how do you, I'm not going to go to the bar and hang out. I'm not going to go, right. you know, I mean, really my family is like my, my main focus, you know, yeah. my, my immediate, my wife and my children. So right. I'm not going to be going and hanging out with, you know, I might go on a hike yeah, you know, uh, like hey, let's organize a hike. Let's all go, hang, you know, hang out and go on a hike. You know, but anyway. Right. So I think that that's a that's a great question. I kind of get where you're going with that now. You know, so you have maybe coworkers who they might get off work and go to the bar and have a, a drink or something like that, and um, and that might be a situation where they invite you to go with them, and you don't you don't really feel comfortable doing that. Um, so how do you interact with them and create kind of that? avenue to been to speak the the love of god into that situation is that kind of more along the lines of what you're asking right and, yeah. and should i not go to the bar you know well, what I, mean? I i would say that you shouldn't go to the bar if it was me okay. i wouldn't go with them to right. the bar um just because i i think the, the reality is is um even if you're going to go there and you're not going to drink the reality is that um it's not really that the type of interaction that you want to have with them so i i would say something like you know, inviting them to go on a hike is actually a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Or invite invite you know a coworker and and his wife or or whatever over for for dinner, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Or or invite somebody at, at work to go out to lunch with you um, on your lunch break and say, hey, I'm going to go grab some Chipotle. Do you want to come grab lunch with me? Um, right. I think those are some really good simple ways to just create interaction. Um, to, to kind of create that relationship where you can then build a bridge for the gospel. And, and I think that it is important for us as believers to really build a bridge for the gospel. And so not, not that just if you only have the opportunity just to speak the gospel, by all means speak the gospel. But, you know, when we see Jesus in John chapter 4, when he's talking to the woman at the well, he's, he starts kind of working his way into this woman's life. He's speaking with her and she's there, he's sitting there at the well and she comes up and he starts by asking her to draw water for him, which was something that was almost considered, you know, like, wow, you would ask me, why would you ask me to do that? Um, in a, in, she was taken off guard by it. And then he starts a conversation with her and really speaks to her areas of need and then it brings it back around. So he's kind of building this bridge and we can do that with things like activities or we can do that with um, just trying to create a relationship with that friend, uh, that coworker, whatever, and open those doors there. Um, but I, I think the important thing is that we keep in mind that as we interact with non-believers, really like the most important thing that we can do for those people is to point them towards Jesus, you know, in the, in the end. And so, um, so that being the goal, and so that being the goal, let our conversation be seasoned with salt, as Paul said, um, you know, that it might deliver grace to those who hear and just something that really it, it brings life into the conversation with somebody. And so um, that, that doesn't mean, you know, that, that definitely doesn't mean beating your coworkers over the head with the Bible, you know, <laughs> in any right, sense like right. that. But it, but it could mean your coworker says, man, I'm going through a really rough time right now. My wife is having health issues or whatever it may be. And you just say, hey, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. Do you mind if I pray for you? And right then and there, you just take a second and pray for them. And uh, I have actually yet to ever experience anyone turn down prayer. Um, and so I think actually prayer is a great way to really bridge that gap with non-believers because even people who don't believe in prayer think, 
well, hey, it can't hurt, right? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so, so that's a great way to kind of bridge that gap. And then it lets that person know that you're a person that believes in God and, and, and they kind of get that, that avenue there and also that you care about them. Um, right. I, I think it's really, I think the best thing you can do is just try to bridge a relationship on the terms that you would with another believer. Um, and then as you have the ability, bring in Jesus into that situation. Yeah. Um, I, I guess like the, the problem that I run into is that there's just a lot of things that I don't do, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like I don't go to movies. I don't, I don't just watch movies. I don't, you know, me and my family, you know, this, there's a lot of things that, you know, believers and unbelievers alike do that I refuse to do, you know, and that's where I have a hard time relating. So I guess my thing would be to really find common grounds that somebody does like, um, yeah, and I guess I guess that's where I have a hard time because there's a lot of stuff that you know, like going to a movie. A lot of people, you know, before before I had the convictions that I do now, like I, a movie is like a great way to hang out with people and just you know. Mm-hmm. But like now, I just you know, I just like countless movies that I would never even watch, you know, <laughs> uh, right. or think of watching because of how immoral and and you know just gross they are. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and appealing to the flesh, and it has nothing to do with Christ, and does not edify, and and so I don't want to go to something like that and and say, hey, I approve of this kind of stuff, you know, and yeah, and and send the wrong message, you know, and granted, they may not think that, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, here's so, what I would say. I, I would say, you know, if that's really kind of where your concern lies, I would set the terms, and I would do it in the sense that. I'd be the one to kind of bridge that gap and say, hey, I'm going to go do this. Would you like to come? You know, for something that you do like to do, whether that's going on a hike or whether that's... um, So so when you take the... I'm sorry to interrupt, but but I'm trying to to learn how to think. You know, like, Mm -hmm. for example, if if they invite me to go to a movie, do Mm -hmm. I spill my guts about it right there? Like, well, these are my convictions, you know, or maybe not say these are my convictions, but like, you know, I just really don't feel comfortable with that kind of movie. And then we're yeah. like, well, why not? Right. Uh, I, think, know, and, I think that's something where you have to be led by the Spirit in that moment and really ask the Lord how he would lead you. Um, you know, and, and I guess it really, it well, kind of depends. because otherwise it would be offensive. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, and there's times when we're going to offend people, um, for sure. But I think, like, you don't need to share every the deepest level of every conviction you have with a non-believer because the reality right. is, is that even as Christians, we, some of us have different convictions than others, you know? And so, um, there's that kind of freedom. And, you know, as believers, it says in first Corinthians chapter five, you know, Paul says, Hey, I wrote to you in my, my epistle, not to keep company with sexually immoral people, but I didn't mean sexually immoral people of this world or the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Cause then you'd have to actually go out of the world, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So he's saying, you know, basically, um, and he goes on in verse 12 and says, for what do I have to do with judging those who are outside? But we judge, right. we, we, we judge and give, you know, give that discernment for the in, those inside, but outside, that's not really our role. So, so I, I'd be careful about like some of your maybe secondary issue convictions that you might have as for your own walk with the Lord in terms of sharing those with somebody. Now, if it's something and they're inviting you to go see a movie that's like, you know, obviously, uh, 
obviously wrong and obviously you know whatever just say that, that's not really something that I like to do and and I think that the, the character that you have there speaks for itself in that um, and if they if they press you obviously you want to be honest you never want to be deceitful about something like that but but I don't think that right. they necessarily need to know every reason that you don't want to go see that movie you know right right so, right um, so I mean, I I think that I think it's an I think it's important to be honest and real about why we don't do things. If it's like you know, I, I, the bar scene's really not my thing. I I don't really want to go grab a drink. You know, it's not my it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, and or you know, just kind of being real about who you are in Christ, and that yeah. the fact that Jesus has changed you, not that you're trying to keep a bunch of rules. You know. Um, and that's really right. that. That's really the 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 thing that I think is important when it comes to interacting with non-believers is not that because we're Christians we keep a bunch of rules, uh, because that's not that's not the truth. We the, we 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 as Christians are saved from our sin and we're forgiven and we're cleansed, and then we honor God with our lives because we love Him, not because we're keeping rules. Right. You know. Exactly. But they they could take that as, well, you just you know, you're, you're lame and you don't, you know, you keep all these rules and I I never want to be a Christian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I I think, and and it's, it's okay for them to know that, you know, Hey, there's that person, that guy, he just doesn't like, he doesn't, he doesn't drink and that's his deal or whatever. And for them to know that that's your deal and they might, they can interpret that how they want to. But I think the reality is, is we should as Christians represent that in the sense that we are, we live a certain way, not because we're rule followers, but because we have been changed by right. the grace of God, you know? Right, right. So, right. Um, and then on, on your topic with the, the question of believers, um, interacting with believers, <clears throat> I think um, it sounds like you specifically had said with regard to disagreements over scripture and, and um, interpretations of certain yeah. things. Can I share a verse real quick? Yeah. About this, so a friend of mine, um, he he shared a verse with me, and uh, I, I don't know the context yet. I haven't gotten to it today to look at it, um, but it's Leviticus nineteen seventeen, and it says, "Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly, so you will not be held guilty for their sin." And what I see that he's taking this as is a license to essentially just call out anybody and everybody that, you you know, and maybe not anybody and everybody, but like, you know, Christians especially, um, you know, his, I guess his big thing, it seems like, you know, pastors and and whatever, you know, but man, I I was really convicted this weekend because I was reading Galatians and matter of fact, uh, Pastor Figs, Jeff Figs was just on the radio finishing up Galatians, it looked like, and you know, just go reiterating. I feel like the Holy Spirit, because, you know, I read it this weekend, and then bam, you know, I hear it again, and God's reiterating, you know, not uh, being conceited and and envying and, you know, biting and devouring one another. And, um, and I guess wondering what that looks like. You know, maybe you're addressing yeah. sin or, or, and then dealing with disagreements as well. Right. Uh, because you have this stuff talking about, you know, arguments over words and stuff, but then... If you have a strong conviction about something, I mean, you really, I guess, I guess it boils down to, and I hear this all the time, does it, does salvation, is, is it important for salvation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But. So, so this is a good question, um, because there are, there are lots of perspectives on some of the secondary issues of Christianity, and, um, and there are many of them that are acceptable 
uh, stances on those issues and we have to be gracious toward each other when we interact over those issues. Um, and I, I think the, the verse that your friend shared, um, uh, I would make the, I would say that's a bit of a stretch to take that verse to try to take the stance that he his job is to be, I, I like to call people that have this outlook renegade fruit inspectors okay <laughs> so right. so the idea is that they're going around inspecting other people's fruit and and determining whether it's good or not and that's not our job as christians we're not it's not our job to go around inspecting other people's fruit it's our job to bear fruit and so um of course we we want to hold our brothers and sisters accountable um so if, if somebody's walking into sin it's our job and love to to point that out to them um, in love, not in a condemning manner, but in in saying, hey, you know, this you've got this in your life. I can see that you're doing this, and it's going to lead you down a bad path. Um, let's go towards Jesus instead. I mean, that's that's our job as Christians for sure. But when you kind of take this stance of going, it's my job to go around and make sure everybody else is on the right path. That you don't see that in scripture. That's not something that you see, and and this one verse definitely doesn't say that. Um, and you know, uh, the, the reality is that um, our job as Christians is to to love God. I mean, that's the two greatest commandments. If 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 He wants to go Old Testament and get into commandments, it's the two greatest commandments: love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Everything else hinges on that, and so. Um, the reality is, I mean, First Corinthians thirteen speaks speaks of it. You know, where where Paul says, "Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm sounding brass." And, you know, if I have the gift of prophecies and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, so there's kind of the whole Bible, you know, translation or or interpretation thing. And I have all faith so that I could move mountains, but I have not love. I'm nothing. Um, and he goes on and gives this, you know, this list of, you know, without love. All that other stuff doesn't it, it, it's not valuable and so here's what I see happening a lot in in Christian circles and it's a bummer that it is the case is that we get these certain people who are so focused on the the uh, knowledge side of of our faith which is an important knowledge side of our faith where we know what the scriptures say and what the scriptures teach and that's even what this show is about you know to talk through that stuff it's important but you can get so focused on that that you miss the point. And, you know, Paul, Paul said that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And that's our job as Christians is to build each other up. When we're walking in this kind of like, oh, I'm the smartest Christian out there, and I, I, know, I, I know the correct way to interpret this, or I know the correct way to do that, um, and I need to correct you, we're puffed up and we're walking in pride, which is yeah. an incredibly serious sin. Um, I mean, it, it's the sin that, that, that got Satan cast out of heaven. It's the sin essentially that caused, you know, the fall. Um, pride is one of the most dangerous sins that there is. And so when I see pride, when I see that kind of spiritual pride, when I see spiritual arrogance, um, there's almost nothing that, that turns my stomach worse than that. And so really, we have to be really careful about that um, and make sure that we're walking in love. Now, love doesn't mean not addressing sin, because if my brother is walking in sin and I see it and I don't address it, I'm actually not loving him by not addressing that sin. Because my love for him would say, hey, you're headed towards a cliff. I want to save you from that, right? But it does mean being gentle and... 
um, right. not parading yourself and not being puffed up and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the, the important thing there. Yeah. So, so, uh, this will be my last, last thing. So for an example, uh, this is something that, that I struggle with and, and our, you know, my family, um, you know, uh, my wife and I have decided that we're, you know, we don't want to celebrate, you know, Christmas and Easter. Okay. For our own reasons, uh, you know, not for our own reasons, but you know, we, from what we see in the scriptures, how, how can I, um, show love to my fellow believers in that, you know, I mean, this, this, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. And this is what I think is that if somebody asks me, well, why, you know, uh, Hey, let's, let's, you know, we're going to do this or whatever. And like, Oh, you know, no, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. Um, and show, you know, be, you know, show love and appreciation, but like, you know, just to be like, you know, if they're like, well, why don't you want to be a part of this or whatever? And she's like, well, we just, we don't, we don't celebrate Christmas or Easter and, and this, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Right. And, and just leave it at that, you know, unless they want to know further, kind of like what Jesus did. He didn't, you know, he kind of put it out there. And, you know, speaking in parables and things like that, right? And if people were really, truly wanting to know what he was talking about or why or what, they would pursue, you know, and go deeper. And I guess that's, you know, because that that right there, you know, Christmas and Easter is like the hardest time, uh, one of the hardest times for us. But Mm -hmm. I really am just using that example. I don't want to get into all of that. But, you know, just... You know, yeah. I guess you can just say, hey, you know, like, um, you know, like I was talking with my friend about flat earth theory. He, he he believes in flat earth. I mean, when the Bible clearly says, you know, it's not, you know, and mm-hmm. and but it's great because we can have a civilized, you know, disagreement and still be friends, you know. Right. And um, but yeah, anyway. So here's what I would say with that. And and um um, I won't get too much into it, and then we probably get, we're going to have to head to the break here in just a second. Um, yeah. But for um, for things like that, you you are as a believer, you have liberty to um, either to celebrate Christmas and Easter or not. And um, for you guys, that's a choice that you have made, and that's you have the liberty to do that. You have the freedom to do that to to not celebrate those things. Um, and other people have the freedom to celebrate those things. Uh, and we see in Colossians chapter two that that Paul says, you know, let, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths or, you know, he kind of goes on like these things are shadows, but the substance is Christ. And so uh, the reality is like when you have disagreements over those things, it's it's OK for you to have that conviction that you don't want to celebrate Christmas and Easter. Uh, I, on the other hand, I actually I have the conviction the opposite direction. Um, I, I, I personally do celebrate Christmas and Easter and I've have my own reasons for that. Um, and I have what I believe are actually valid biblical reasons and historical reasons I see in the early church, but it's not my job to convince you to celebrate Christmas and Easter. Are, are you, you know, are you in sin on some level because you don't celebrate Christmas? Absolutely, absolutely not. On the flip side, the challenge I think for you, I know I've known several people that have, convictions about certain things like this and the challenge for you is to not th- hold the opinion or the thought that your brother 
in Christ is in sin because they do those things. Exactly. And so, and that's where if if you're able to to celebrate to not do those and and for you and your family say we're not going to celebrate these, but not you know hold that freedom against against other Christians, and that's okay. And it's okay to disagree agreeably on those things. Um, it's when we start to take our personal convictions and put them on other people, then we're actually the ones in sin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So if yeah. I take my personal convictions and I, and I put that on somebody else, then I'm actually the one in sin. Um, and we're coming up on the break here in just a second. Yeah, so sure. once, once the music plays, we're going to have to go. Um, yeah, no but, uh, but I think with things like that, it's kind of one of those things where we have to allow liberty in those things that are non-essentials. And so um, thank you so much for your call. We're going to go ahead and go to the break here and uh, have a great day. God bless. You too. God bless. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. And uh, we had a great long conversation with Danny from Aurora on the first half of the program. And the whole half, first half of the program got away from us. I did not see how fast that went but uh, really great call thank you for your call Danny lots of good questions and uh, we are back on the line you can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897 once again you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text us at 720-336-0897 we are going to go to Aaron on line two. Aaron, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. Great. So um, I just got a question. So I got a friend here who uh, she was basically raised um, with the Jehovah's Witnesses, basically. And she kindly, uh, finally kind of started seeing that, you know, that's kind of not the truth and things like that. And I've kind of been, uh, you know, preaching to her for some time now, things like that, and uh, she's really starting to try to open up her heart, you know, to Jesus and and the Bible and those things, but uh, one thing that I kind of haven't touched on with her yet is she's actually been married twice, and both of her marriages, she was, like, abused. They were really abusive and stuff like that, so um, when it comes to, like, the whole issue of divorce and remarriage, obviously, what the Bible says about that, Really, how do you, like, what do I say to her, basically, when it comes to that kind of thing, you know, if she wants to, you know, pursue a life in Christ and things like that, how can I tell her, or basically can I tell her, like, you know, you can't ever get remarried because it's going to be adultery, because, you know, obviously that would pretty much turn someone away from the gospel. Yeah, um, so, so, let me ask you this, is she a, is she a believer yet at this point? She believes in God, um, she's kind of... I guess you could say not full. I'm not quite sure how she feels about Jesus yet. Like I said, she's starting to open up her heart to it, um, but she's not like a you know full-on Christian by any means yet. But she's definitely opening up her heart to it, and more and more, uh, mm-hmm. definitely moving in that direction. 
Okay. Well, you know, that being the case, I mean, I, I would say that the the kind of the divorce and remarriage issue, unless it's something that she's asking you about, is probably a secondary thing that I wouldn't worry about talking about too much. Um, because it sounds like God's really working in her life, which is amazing. Um, but, but I'd really keep the focus on Jesus and what Jesus has done for her and the way that he loves her and the, the fact that he died for her. Um, because sometimes we can get, you know, with non-believers, we, we get issue focused and um, it's a complicated issue when it comes to divorce and remarriage. And I think if she wants to bridge that gap in that conversation, absolutely, you should have that conversation. But um, but for someone that's that hasn't yet fully put their trust in Jesus Christ, I think that's it says spiritual things are spiritually discerned um, in the scriptures. And so if we're trying to talk about things that are discerned spiritually, especially when it comes to the understanding of marriage and the purpose of marriage and the covenant of marriage and the fact that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. Uh, that's something that's spiritually discerned. So I would say, unless that's something where she really wants to go and talk about that, that I would I would um, refocus because it's kind of like, you know, when it says, that don't cast your pearls before swine. Um, in a sense, you're throwing things that she's not going to be able to comprehend um, as as someone that hasn't received Jesus yet and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, has she asked you about that specifically, or is it just something that you kind of had a concern about? Something I kind of had a concern about because she does talk about wanting to get remarried, and um, mm-hmm. I think she does you know, want to find a good Christian guy because she has had so many you know, bad experiences in relationships right. and those kinds of things, so I, I guess I assume it's kind of an inev- you know, in, in inevitable conversation going to come up. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's what I would say in in terms of the way that that the Lord views divorce. It's obviously we know that it says that that God hates divorce. Uh, we see that in Malachi chapter two. Um, we see it throughout the scriptures that He hates divorce. But the reality is that she is where she is right now. And she is, she's not a believer yet, and she's been divorced twice. She's got sin in her life, and she needs Jesus to come in and forgive her of that sin. And, you know, there's incredible grace um, for those who have gone through divorce by the Lord. There really is. Um, And so, especially in a situation like with her, um, she, as being an unbeliever and being in uh, that sinful state as an unbeliever, you know, if, if she becomes a, a believer in the Lord and she starts to seek God, uh, from what I understand of Scripture, she is free to um, to engage in, a, you know, in a marriage relationship with another believer. Um, from what I see in the Scriptures, as someone that that was, you know, divorced twice before she came to the Lord. Um, it gets a little bit stickier when we're talking about Christians and Christians getting a divorce and then getting remarried. But the reality is, is, is the question is, is it sin or is there sin involved in that process? Yeah, there's sin involved in that process, but the the amazing thing is that God brings us grace. And so for her, um, for something like this, I I wouldn't say that that's an issue other than that she really kind of needs to come to terms with her um, that, that what what has happened in her life that has caused her to go through two different divorces, you know, and I think that's something that might lead her towards Christ ultimately. Absolutely, yeah, and that's kind of how I was feeling, you know, that wasn't like there were Christian marriages or divorces, and the Bible does say that you know He was going to restore the lost years. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, and you know the the the, the there's there's a couple different uh, um, <clears throat> ways that the Lord 
looks at divorce in scripture that we can see where divorce is acceptable. There's a couple situations. One is when a, um, and it's all, they're all apply to believers. And so uh, as an unbeliever, just, you know, it's not our job to hold unbelievers to a Christian standard. But as a Christian, there, there are a couple different places in scripture that talk about when it's acceptable to get a divorce. One is in the case of marital unfa unfaithfulness. And then the other is a Christian that is married to a non-believer. And when a Christian is married to a non-believer, um, they are, and the non-believer wants to leave, they are not bound under that circumstance, as we see that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And so um, <clears throat> the, excuse me, the, um, the, the situation with her, she's not a believer. She has been the one to leave, but she hasn't received the grace of Christ. And so I, I really believe that she's free in that sense. If she, be, if she becomes a, a follower of Jesus and puts her trust in Jesus and, and starts to follow him, I, I think she's free to get married for sure. So, Okay, awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking my call, and thanks for your time. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, no problem. What, what's your friend's name? Uh, her name's Brittany. Cool. Well, let's let's pray for Brittany right now. Um, it sounds like God's really working in her life. So let's take a second and just pray for her real quick. Lord, um, I just uh, thank you for Aaron, um, who has this concern for his friend, Lord, that um, that grew up in in the Jehovah's Witness Church, Lord, which we know is is something that um, that they have they have a, a a wrong gospel, Lord. And so we pray as she's got those thoughts in her head and she's got their doctrine kind of stuck in her head, Lord, that you'd help her to see past that and see the truth of your word, the truth of your grace and your love and the truth of the gospel message. And I pray for Aaron that he'd be able to speak that to her, Lord, that he'd be able to share with her um, the reality of your love for her and what you did for her on the cross and that she can be completely forgiven, completely set free and saved by the blood of Jesus, by putting her trust in you, Lord. And so um, we just pray for her, Lord. We pray even now that you would just draw her to yourself by your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron, for your call, and uh, have a great day. Likewise. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Bye. All right. You are listening to Calvary Live. Uh, the call-in radio show where you can call in with your Bible questions, you can call in with your prayer requests, and uh, would love to talk with you today. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And um, I'm going to take a quick look at the text lines here. And here we take got, got this in here. And, uh, so someone has asked for prayer for their fiance Jordan, um, who is incarcerated currently, and his lawyer is negotiating on his behalf today in the next couple of days. And so let's uh, let's take a, a second and pray for Jordan. Lord, we just lift up Jordan to you. And um, whatever is going on in his life right now, Lord, we pray that currently, right now, you would speak to him by your Holy Spirit and draw him to yourself, that you would bring comfort and encouragement, and um, pray that you would just um, 
work your will in this situation, Lord. Whatever you want to see happen, whatever uh, is your purpose in this situation, Lord, with him being incarcerated right now, Lord, I pray that you would bring about your purposes, Lord. I pray that if it's your will, you would give him a favorable ruling uh, through his lawyer and that he would uh, be released sooner than later, Lord. Um, but if if you have a purpose for him there, Lord, I pray that you would do what you want to do with that. And so we we lift him up to you, Lord, and we ask that you would bring him comfort and his fiance comfort, and you would just meet them uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. Once again, this is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. And uh, we've got Griffin on line one. Griffin, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nate, what's happening? Not too much. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, hey, uh, I called in because the it just kind of struck my heart. The, the guy that you were just talking to, I think his name was Aaron. Yeah. Um, talking about his friend Brittany, and uh, I just thought if she, once she gets saved, when she becomes saved, you know, she's a new creation, you know, the whole mm-hmm. thing's passed away, and uh, I, I feel like she would, I, in the Lord's eyes, she has every right to go ahead and marry, you know, find, you know seek out another believer and uh, and, and get married. So yeah. uh, I wanted to, uh, it, it seems like you were, you were saying that near, towards the end after I was on hold, but I wanted to share that, and then, uh, and while I've got you on the phone, um, if I could just ask for some prayer, for uh, uh, the Lord has just done amazing things in me and my family's life this this past year. I mean, if you told me a year ago we'd be where we are now, or nine months ago, but we'd be where we are now, I would have said, "Yeah, I, I wish." And uh, I just uh, I just appreciate prayer that He would continue to draw uh, me and my wife closer to each other, and that He'd keep my my young boys their, their hearts you know tender and wanting to to uh, learn about the Lord and, and grow up you know following Him. So if, uh, if I get some prayer for that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, just for your comments, I, I agree with you. I think that, that the situation that she is in is as someone becomes a believer, their, their past is wiped away. They're a new creation in Christ and uh, all things have become new. So thank you for sharing that word. That's absolutely yeah. agree with you. Um, so let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for um, for Griffin and for the things that you've been doing in, in his life and in his family's life, Lord, the ways you've been working. Uh, sounds like you're powerfully at work in their lives, Lord, as you are in all of us. But it's so amazing when we can really see your hand and we can really see what you're doing. And so, Lord, as as they go through this season where, where they're experiencing these things, Lord, I pray that you would move powerfully, that you would continue just to draw them to yourself and help them just to um, to turn their eyes and their praise to you. Uh, as they continue to see you work in their life, Lord. And so would you just move? Would you draw them to yourself? Would you just continue to speak and direct and guide? And um, I pray over his family, Lord, that they would just all have their eyes and their hearts set completely on you through this process and uh, lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot, brother. You have a good afternoon. I'll, I'll speak to you next time. Awesome. You too. God bless. See ya. All right, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Belmar in Lakewood, Colorado, and uh, soon to be actually from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley in Vale uh, area, Colorado. And we've got all lines open today, so we'd love to take your calls and your questions. All the lines are currently open. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. If you've ever tried to call in and gotten blocked, now is your time to call in with that question. 
Uh, very rarely do we have all lines open. Once again, 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Gonna take a quick look here at the text line while we're waiting for some calls today. Um, Someone texted in and said, Hello, Pastor. My name is Gary. I have a question for you. My wife and I just got divorced, and she wants to hang out with me now. I don't know what to do. Is that wise to do? Thank you. God bless you. Okay, Gary, um, this is a, it's a sticky situation. And, you know, we're talking about marriage a lot today. Um, it's a sticky situation when you go through something like this. In the Old Testament, uh, it does say that if you get a divorce... Um, that you can be uh, you can be reconciled to your husband. It says that in the New Testament. It, it says in the Old Testament, if you get a divorce and marry somebody else and then go back to the other one, that's an abomination before the Lord. Now, in the current situation that you find yourself in, um, according to what it says in the New Testament, you can be reconciled to your wife. You know, if, if a woman divorces her husband for any reason except for marital un unfaithfulness, she cannot be remarried, ex you know, except that, as Jesus said, she'd be reconciled to her husband. And so in your situation, if there's reconciliation possible in there, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Um, the question that I would have is, what are the things that led to this divorce situation? And those are some things that really should be worked through and um, should be brought together before the Lord and maybe meeting with a counselor or a pastor at your church and to talk through those and pray through those. Because um, the fact that she allowed, or you both allowed the divorce to go through and then um, are now kind of maybe having second thoughts, um, it, some of those things need to be addressed. And so can you, you know, be reconciled? Absolutely, you can. But I think that as you do that, um, you really need to be careful. So um, I'm going to pray for you real quick. Lord, I just pray for Gary and for his wife, Lord. And just as they've recently gone through this divorce, Lord, and, and you know, such heartache um, that's involved with that, I know. Um, I pray that you would just you'd speak your wisdom and your truth and your redeeming power into this relationship, Lord. And I know that you can do all things. I know that you can restore this relationship. I know you can bring them back together, that you can reconcile them. Um, but Lord, I pray that, that you would just speak wisdom and truth into this, Lord. And I pray uh, that they both have open hearts to you and to what you would want to do. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can call us today at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. And we've got uh, Lewis on line one. Lewis, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Uh, good to talk to you. You too. Um, I just had a quick question. Hopefully you uh, have some wisdom on it. Um, I'm coming up on finals week here um, at, at school, and um, I've been kind of befriending a couple of the guys in my dorm hall this year and trying to witness them a little bit and okay i'm just i'm just trying to figure out a, a good idea for um this week coming up i know they're going to be stressed out um, with finals and but i'd still like to you know i've been i've been praying for them to see the lord by the end of the semester so i just didn't know if you had any wisdom on that yeah. Um, so how have you been ch chatting with them and talking with them and kind of trying to witness to them so far um, so far, you know, I've talked to my roommate. He's um, he was raised Catholic, and then um, I kind of talked about like um, shared an illustration with him about like how Jesus is the only way to heaven, and um, it, it sounded like he was 
kind of in between Catholicism and Christianity on that. And then mm-hmm. um, my roommate, or I'm sorry, my sweetmate, um, I've been just kind of been able to eat meals with him and pray with him and um, just kind of spend time with him there um, and just kind of be comfortable, have them be comfortable about the gospel. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I'd say that the, the types of conversations that you're having are great. Those are really great, powerful ways to, to kind of bridge that gap. And we were talking about that earlier, you know, really the importance of bridging that gap that you have between you and them. Um, I would say that with with the, the, the one that you've been talking about, you know, regarding Jesus and Catholicism and some of that stuff, I would start talking through um, what does the Bible actually teach about how you're saved and you know what is what is man's condition before God, and how do we get right with the Lord? You know, a, a lot of um, people that grow up in in Catholicism have a very works-based idea and understanding of salvation. It's it's you have to be okay. a good person to get saved, and um, the reality is we know that that you don't have to be a good person to get saved. You become a good person because you are saved as you as you receive that grace that comes from Jesus, and so. Um, I would talk through some of that stuff with him, and then okay. you know the reality is you've you're, you've got pretty short time, and you've got a couple guys that are studying for finals, and maybe they're not wanting to have long conversations. You know, I, I would if there's open possibilities for those conversations, I would absolutely take the advantage if you can. But you know, okay. it might be good to just invite them to church if you have a church that you go to up there. Um, do you have a church? It looks like you're in Fort Collins. Do you have a church that you yeah. go to up there? Yeah, I do. Um, every every Sunday at ten. I go to Two Rivers okay. Church. Okay, cool. Yeah, it might be a good idea to invite them to go with you to church. Um, just that—that's kind of like a—it's kind of that's kind of a decision point. You know what I mean? You're saying, yeah. "Hey, come with me to church this Sunday," and they say yes or no. You know, and um, and the worst they can say is no, right? <laughs> right, so, right. And they already know that you're a Christian, and they already know that you go to church. So it's not—it's not that awkward of a thing. It's not going to come out of left field for you to ask them that. Okay. Um, I'd say that's a good way to do it, but then also just just keeping those. I think you're on the right track is is kind of what I would say. You know, just keeping those communication lines open, and you know, you can always do a if you Google, you know, the Roman road. You can Google that Romans road. It talks about kind of this method of evangelism that leads you through stating our condition as sinners before God. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That whole thing. Okay. I don't have time yeah. to go through it too in depth today, but if you Google that, you can look that up and kind of just just familiarize yourself with that. I, I think it can be a little bit awkward if you're like, okay, we're going to sit down and, and go through the Roman road together, you know, in a, in that type of conversation, unless they're asking specifically. But but I think it'd be a good idea to have that in the back of your mind. Um, whenever okay. I give a, a gospel presentation, I generally follow that that kind of line of thought. Um, although I don't I don't necessarily break out all of those scriptures in order in that way but right. that's what I would do I, I would just keep those conversations going know that you're doing the right thing that you're on the right track and and uh, pray for them is huge you know pray for them and and I would I would take that kind of I know it can be slightly scary step but that step of, of asking them to go with you to church and okay. see what they say so um, can I pray for you though yeah, absolutely. Okay. Lord, I just lift up my brother, Lewis, and I just thank you for his heart for his roommates, Lord, and uh, the guys in his dorm, and his heart for them to know you, Lord, to be saved. And I pray that you would give him wisdom and direction. I pray that you would give him words by your Holy Spirit, Lord, as you have promised that you would do. And I pray that you would fill him up, Lord. I pray that you would just 
pour out your spirit upon him, that you'd encourage him, uh, and that he would just speak uh, your truth to them boldly, Lord, by the power of your spirit, and that you would draw those guys to you, Lord. And I pray that, that if he gets the chance to invite them to church, Lord, that they would say yes and that they'd come. And I pray that they would have questions for him and he'd be uh, able to, to have the answers for that. And so we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you for your call, Lewis. Thank you so much, Pastor. Yeah, have a great day. Yep, God, God bless. God bless. Bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. we got time for just a couple more calls before the end of the show. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. I want to go to Jarvis on line two. Jarvis, welcome to the program. Jarvis, are you still with us? Looks like we might have lost Jarvis. Jarvis, if you're... Uh, still out there, feel free to give us a call back. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, let's go to John on line three. John, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Hope you're having a good afternoon. My Thanks, I am. My question is in uh, Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's verse six where it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. And it goes on to talk a little bit about faith. Um can you just comment on sort of the line or the train of thought that you have or that you should have when you're praying or doing something in faith? Is it is it a conscious thing or is it subconscious? Is it an acknowledgement that I'm praying in faith? Could you comment on that? Yeah, you know, um, this is uh, Hebrews 11 is an amazing chapter. We actually covered this yesterday at, at our church. And cool. um, it's it's a really, really powerful chapter as you see these heroes of the faith and the things that they did as a result of their faith. And um, <clears throat> kind of the, the thing where you, that verse 6 is what you're talking about, Hebrews eleven six, where it says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I think, you know... Um, you mentioned specifically praying in faith and and having that faith. Here's what I would say that that I, I and this is kind of the direction that we took yesterday at church, is that faith um, is manifested. It, it shows itself in the things that we do. And so, you know, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We see that in Ephesians chapter two. But when it, when we have real faith. It shows itself by our works. In James, we see that in, in chapter 2, and he says, you know, um, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. And so um, I think that what, what we get there is you cannot please God without faith, that trust in him, trust in who he is. Um, you can't please him, and as you put your trust in Jesus, and as you have that faith in him, you start to do the things that please him anyways. And you walk out that faith. And so uh, when it comes to like praying in faith for something and asking the Lord for something in faith that he's going to do it, I think it's something where you want to be confident that that's something the Lord wants to do and you trust him for it and you believe it as if it were so. Um, and it's a choice that you make. It's not really a feeling. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, I'm going to choose to believe what God has said. And my actions are going to show that I believe what God has said. Um, here's a here's an example. So if if I'm praying for somebody who's sick, mm-hmm. we certainly know that we have to pray according to His will. 
And so the faith is in him, not necessarily in the outcome. Um, but, but if I'm praying for somebody to be healed of, of, of a disease, yeah. and, and I say, Lord, we, we know you're able to do this. We know also that uh, it's up to you and your will whether this be done. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, I also know that you say those who diligently seek you, you will reward us. Yeah. Uh, in context. And so I agree 100% that it's based on uh, what we do. But uh, is there anything else that you can shed light on that process? I mean, I, that's how I pray for folks when they say, you know, I've got, I've got this uh, physical ailment or whatever. Uh, according yeah. to God's will, according to faith, according to His yeah. desire, and walking, as you discussed, in sort of a, 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 an obedient posture. Is there anything right. else you can kind of add to no, that? I, I think that that's exactly, I think that's a very correct way to do it because of course the, God doesn't always heal. Um, right. He doesn't always bring healing for uh, sicknesses and diseases. He does heal and I have seen him heal miraculously uh, big things as well, but he doesn't always do that. And so um, we have to yield ourselves to His will, and you know, I, I think some of that is being led by the Spirit. As you as you are praying with somebody for 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 their health, it's having right. that sensitivity to the Spirit. Is 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 the Lord actually speaking that this one person, you know, He wants to heal this person or not? And if we don't have a clear sense in that, you know, I think we pray in faith that Lord, You are Jehovah Rapha, You are our healer. We trust You. We know that You're in control. Um, we know that you can heal him, and so we ask that you would. And and it's, you know, it says in James five that we, if anyone's sick, that we, he should go before the elders of the church, and they should lay hands on him and anoint him with oil and pray for him. And I think that's a great thing to do too. Um, so I, we're coming up on the end of the show here, John. I apologize. Um, no, it's great. It's good. Gonna, it's good insight, and I appreciate it. But I'd say read read James chapter five, and you get some good insight on praying and faith there. I'll, I'll do that. Hey, appreciate right. your show and uh, your big heart. God bless you. Have a great day. You too. See you. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. This is Pastor Nate Morris signing off for Calvary Live. Stick around tomorrow. Pastor Jeff Fitz. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.